Hey, what's up? It's Jason Brown and welcome to the Money Markets and Mindset Podcast. In this episode, you're going to hear a live conversation from me and my good friend, Kat Alford. We started this series that is called Money Mondays. And so in this Money Monday, we're going to be breaking down how we first got started in the financial industry. We're going to be talking about some of our personal stories with money, um, being broke, going to where we are right now, how we ended up teaching and just all the trials and tribulations that come with money, being a personal finance expert, YouTuber, brand and online personality and a whole lot more. So check out the episode. You're listening to the Money Markets and Mindset Podcast where it's all about learning how to have your money work hard for you instead of you working hard for it. And now your host, stock market coach and options trader, Jason Brown. Hey, what's up, everybody? We are live for Money Mondays. It's an exciting day because I don't know. Do you call it like a co-host? Do you call it? You're not a guest. She's not a guest, ladies and gentlemen. She's the co-host. She's a friend of mine, um, my good friend, Kat Alfred. So I'm getting ready to bring her into the live stream. And um, let's get this thing going. My girl, Kat Alfred. Hey, Jason. What's happening, girl? Just living the dream, man. Just here. <laughs> in my home office living the dream there there it is so for for those of you who don't know um this is my good friend kat alford so she is a financial educator um one of in my opinion one of the original mommy <laughs> bloggers you know at least the original one that i ever met and <laughs> that makes it true <laughs> and so we partnered up and she, Cat was already doing her thing on Instagram, doing like a Money Monday kind of talk on Instagram. And I was doing Financial Fridays. And I said, why don't we team up and why don't we bring the people Money Monday? So my girl Cat Alfred is in the building. So Cat, let's just talk a little bit about, well, let me brag on you for a minute. Then you can fill in the gaps of where okay. I missed anything. Um, so she, she's a wife, she's a mother of twins. She was, she built, wasn't it budget blonde? Was that the original website? Yes, that yeah. was the original. Wow. We have known each other a long time. You ain't think I was going to go there. Budget blonde <laughs> was like the original site. Now she's all spiced up and spiffy at CatherineAlfred.com. <laughs> um, six figure money earner from home, from home, ladies and gentlemen. So pay attention. And the girl knows her stuff. And I thought, you know, we, we both bring a different dynamic. And I couldn't think of a better person who's doing her thing as a female, as a wife, as a mother, and as an entrepreneur to team up with and, and bring you Money Monday. So did I miss anything? I, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Soon to be author, by the way. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> right? Working I'm really excited about that. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, just got the book deal um, right before quarantine happened. I, I'd been trying to get a book deal for four and a half years. So lots and lots of rejection finally happened. So that's what I've been doing the last few months is just working on actually writing the book now that I got the book deal. So 
Yeah. So let's and, and then for those who are watching that may be from Cat's community that don't understand, you know, who, who I am. Uh, I'm a stock market coach, options trader, and we both go to a conference called FinCon, which is a financial conference. And so that's where we initially connected and, and, and just began this relationship here. So we said we go get together, we go talk money, we go talk finances. And for this first one, we said, let's introduce ourselves to the world, to the community and and kind of just start from there. So Kat, I'd love for you to kick it off with, like, what was your first like money experience that led you down this road. And, and I'm sure there's many, like there's your kid money experience. I have like my teenage money experience. I have my young adult college money experience. Then I have my grown up. But like, take us back and just give me an experience and I'll match your experience. W- when did you realize like money was important? You wanted to be in this space talking about it and helping other people. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great question. And yeah, I've got tons of like money stories from being a kid. But as far as this business, this lifestyle that I've created to enable me to be with my kids so much, I think I I was in graduate school when I started the blog. And I got a $12,000 a year assistantship. And I was living on that. And I was in grad school and it was like these three hour like classes and it was really heavy, like detailed reading. And I just wanted an outlet, like a creative outlet. And so I'd always liked money, always been good at saving, even as a kid, always been um, just a good manager of my money. And so I just started writing Budget Blonde of all my thrift store finds, of my first apartment by myself, of you know, living on this $12,000 a year. And I saw this is really early into blogging. This is 10 years ago. So not that many blogs around. And I saw these other bloggers um, go full time. Young House Love is the blog. I'm sure a lot of people know them. They're still extremely popular. And they had a baby and their daughter came home and both of them stayed home, took care of the baby and started running the blog. And it was like a light bulb went off like, I'm on this path to have this career, but like, what if I could also make my blog make money? Like, what if I could do that too? And then when I had kids, like I wouldn't have to get in my car and go anywhere, but I could still have something for me. And it was kind of like right then really early on, I knew that it was possible because I saw them do it. That's what's up. And 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 what's interesting about your story, at least that I'm here, is that you built a lifestyle where you lived off twelve thousand dollars a year, and that's like, <laughs> that pretty. <laughs> that pretty. <laughs> but but that's commendable though. And here here's yeah. why I say that's so commendable is because a lot of people that I find because you know I'm I'm more so in the investment space. But what's cool about what you what you did was if you ask somebody right now that makes fifty thousand dollars, say how much does it take to live, and they say. $50,000. They might say 60. They going in the hole $10,000 every yeah. month, right? But what I find interesting is when you talk to somebody who's lived off $12,000 and then you talk to somebody who makes $50,000 and you you kind of ask yourself, "Well, why why does this person need $38,000 more and this person can live off $38,000 less?" And it goes to show we can literally live off less than what we think we can, but we typically don't want to make the sacrifice. 
But you made that sacrifice for you and your family just to make it happen and to get through. Whether you did it on purpose or whether yeah. you was forced to live off 12000 you lived that life. Well, not only that, but and the lesson that you can build something that can bring in six figures, multi six figures from that kind of a place. I think a lot of people, they don't they don't know where to start. They think they can't invest. They think they can't invest in themselves. And it's like it's a, a little ten dollar domain name started this whole career that, you know, a lot of us bloggers are just kind of inventing along the way. And uh, you just don't need a lot. You don't need investors. You don't need thousands of dollars and courses. Like you just got to get started, get going. Absolutely. So you saw, I forget the name of that company, but they grew their thing. And then you yep. started to say like, man, I can do this too. And and that's that's important because a lot of people, when they see people like, we're regular people, first of all. Like we both live in Michigan. Like if it wasn't the quarantine, I'd have you over and we'd be doing yeah. it so live, right? Yep. I mean, you've been over to my house. We're friends. We yep. know each other. And what's important is that we're regular people. And I love, and I think that's what we're trying to do for people is that you said you saw somebody else with a blog, with a domain name, and you thought, I like money. I like blogging. Why, why can't I do this? And I think that's so important that people understand that it starts with that inspiration and not necessarily being skeptical, right? Because you you could have said, I bet you they don't make that type of money. I wonder if it's even real, right? Oh, they yeah. have a course? Hmm. Why are they trying to teach it if they're so successful? You could have took the skeptical route, but instead you said, hmm, this is interesting. Like, if they can do it, how come I can't do it? And I think, man, just that mindset Yep. It's like something that people need to grab and hold on to because so oftentimes we take the negative approach to it. And it's like, who does she think she is? And <laughs> well, I bet her husband did this. And that's why she was able to right? It's like, no, forget all that. It's like, if she did it, I can do it. If my man is investing, I can invest. And yep. not always necessarily thinking that somebody is trying to get over on you. And I think that's what attracted us to come together is that we both have a passion for letting people know that we're not special. We just did what most people won't do. And we took the risk that most people won't take. Yeah. And what about you? Because let's say people from my um, community are coming over and let's say they go through your videos and they see some of your most popular videos, you know, making a hundred thousand dollars in one day in the stock market, making $80,000 in one week on this trade. And these are a lot of the things. So a lot of people might be coming in and seeing you at the end, but I know your beginning. I know you in your basement at your, you know, I know your story of your basement at your mom's house. So why don't you share? Because I think people need to see the beginning because sometimes um, if they see only the end, that's where that disconnect comes. It becomes unrelatable. It might seem unachievable, but you have to start, you know, from the early, the early days. Yeah, absolutely. And so similar to you, it wasn't $12,000. I, I was living <laughs> off like negative $1,000. <laughs> I was living off credit cards and everything. But for, for me, when I first got into this space, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit of story about debt because I know you talk to people about debt and getting out of debt. So for me, what happened was I was actually, I took a $10,000 student loan. So I borrowed money to get into the stock market. I initially started with 500 bucks and I made my first $100 and I was like, so if I had $5,000, I would have made 1000 It's like, if I had 10000 I would have made 2000 I would have been rich. 
And so all I could think about was, well, where do I get $10,000 from? And so I had a scholarship to Wayne State. And then I also applied for financial aid because we were, you know, we we were a single family household, didn't make that much. I knew I would get financial aid. And so they double paid the account, the the scholarship pay and then the financial aid paid as well. And then I got a refund check back. And so I knew that that was going to happen. And I took the refund check and got into the stock market. What most people don't know is after making like $100,000, moving to the suburbs, bought a Lexus on 20-inch rims, all that stuff, and I started day trading for like two, three years, what most people don't know is that I eventually lost all that money and and because I stopped doing what it, did, it took to get there. But even worse is I had some bad tax advice. My guy was like, you can write off your car. You can write off this. And so like, when the IRS came down with the hammer, it's like, well, how do you need a car for business and you work from home? So like all the stuff I thought, I'm just like, I'm a business owner. I'm an investor. I can write this stuff off. And when the stuff hit the fan, it was like, actually, all you can write off is your internet connection. <laughs> like, that's all. I'm like, that's it? Just the cable bill? <laughs> so, I only write off half of my cable bill because the other half is personal. <laughs> exactly. Right. And so- what ended up happening was not only did I lose all that money, I still hadn't, hadn't paid back the $10,000 student loan at that point. I don't think I shared this anywhere else. I still hadn't paid back the 10000 because I was like, oh, I'll pay it back later. So now I owe student loans about $10,000. Then I lost all my money. I started living off credit cards. I had no job. So I went like super negative. Then I had to move back home uh, humbly with my tail between my legs. <laughs> I had to move back home with my mom. But here, here's the thing that came out of that situation for me. Knowing that I had made hundreds of thousands of dollars trading or day trading in the stock market, I, you couldn't tell me that it didn't work. Does that make sense? Like yeah. I had tasted it. I know I made it some mistakes. I didn't pay taxes. So by the way, I owed like $50,000 in taxes. After which is nine. a fortune back then, which yeah. is like, so you can't even fathom coming up with that that many years ago, right? And you might think, well, how do you owe $50,000? Well, I was day trading full time for three years. And my guy was like, you don't have to worry about paying for three years before a penalty kick in. So I'm like, I was deferring payments for three. I wasn't even filing my taxes for three years. I'm like, I'll file later. We can defer. I mean, it was just horrible tax advice. But yeah. I'm like a 21, 22-year-old kid. You know, my biggest check before that, I worked at Best Buy or Sprint. You know, mm -hmm. like, I didn't know much about taxes. And so... I had to figure out how to claw my way back out of that situation. And what most people, I once heard this saying before, and I really didn't, I really didn't understand it, but I heard this saying that like, if you want to get out of debt, then take on more debt. Now I know if Dave Ramsey heard this, he'd probably be like, what yeah, we're going to shut down. <laughs> All of a sudden the video is going to start going eh, twitching. Right. <laughs> hey, Dave would be like, what is this guy talking about? But let me explain, Dave, if you watch her, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sure Dave ain't following little old us, but <laughs> here, here was my thought process, Kat. I owed like 50000 to the federal government, right? I owed 10000 in student loans. I had like another ten or 20 I owed on credit cards. So I think I, I was somewhere around probably hundred grand plus in debt, right? 
I, to me, this is how my brain works. Now, everybody's brain doesn't work the same way. I did the math. I'm like, okay, I got a job. I make X amount of dollars an hour. I did the math. I was like, by the time I pay rent, pay my mom a little bit, do this, do that. I said, if I just pay this off and don't do nothing else, I think somehow I came up with, it'll take me 10 to 20 years to pay all this back. So in my head, I'm like, go that route, take 10 to 20 years, or I knew I can make $100,000 again in the stock market. So it's like, do I take out another $10,000 loan somewhere, take on this calculated risk and go back at it and pay it back off? And that's what I ended up doing. I ended up borrowing. Well, actually, I didn't end up borrowing money. I did something a little bit different. I ended up getting a job at Verizon. So I was working at Verizon. And here's what I thought. I said, it's going to take me about four to five years to pay this off, which is better than 10 to 20. Right. I said... Verizon had tuition reimbursement. So I said, I'll go back to school and get my degree in finance because now I know what I actually want to go to school for, right? I knew that I would get a tax return, but they would keep my refund because I owed. So that would help me pay it down. And what I did was something similar to you, how you said you lived off $12,000. I figured I'm already living at home with moms. Let's not buy a new car. Let's not move out. Let's not get a big house. Let's take every penny of my commission because I made hourly plus commission. I said, let me base my essentials off my hourly and let's take the commission and get back into the stock market. And that's how I actually got the second round of funding for the stock market because I couldn't I couldn't necessarily pull from credit cards because I already used them. You know what I'm saying? I had already borrowed off the student loan the first few times. So the second time around, I was just living off the hourly, but I was making two, three thousand dollars in commission. But the key was I didn't increase my debt or my spending. And so I was able to stack that three grand every single month and get back into the stock market. So so like so that's my story. And yeah. Why I'm excited, you know, to teach people about it. No, I think it's great. And I like that you said you had three years to learn something. So I think a lot of people think that they need to learn something instantly or they'll see, you know, bloggers making so much money or online entrepreneurs or affiliate marketers earning so much money. But they're really seeing them several years in and that might be their second, third or fourth website that they're trying. And it's really hard to kind of, um, it's hard to show people like how long it actually takes to learn something because I know that you don't want any of your students to go and take $10,000 on a credit card to go to the stock market, right? Like, but you started with the little baby steps. And so I think that's the most important lesson here is in our world of like instant gratification and people wanting to make tons of money right away. These things take time. Like, like I said, for me, I, in May was 10 years of blogging, a decade. It just takes time. And you have to go slowly with it. And you were able to take the calculated risk because you understood what you were doing. You had the education and you had the self-confidence to do it. I've often said, if I lost everything today, if the whole thing just blew up, I, I could do it again. Like if every website I own gets shut down, if like the whole thing goes, you know, I could do it again. I could do a different, a different type of writing, a different type of blog, a different 
I don't know, but it's more the person. And are you willing to take the time to learn something? Are you willing to put in the effort when you fail, when you owe the IRS 50 grand, when you have to move back in with your mom, when you're in a crappy grad school apartment, like, you know, what are you willing to do for it? And I, I just think that's part of the, that's probably the most important thing we can talk about today is to encourage people to start small and give it time and expect to fail because it'd be super boring if you were just, ex, you know, succeeding month after month. I mean, that'd be kind of, wouldn't be exciting. Can you, can you imagine if we jumped on here and was like, life is good. I, my first trade made a million dollars, never lost. Yeah. And all she did was buy a domain name and put it in a Google That's and it. everyone found her and believed she knew about finances. <laughs> oh my gosh. No. And people still doubt me. So for people in your community, so I'm, I'm married to a physician who's still in training and I've talked about like how much, how much medical school loans he has. So hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. So I got this like big media appearance one time and you know, you know, the comments, right? The comments. And someone was like, don't listen to anything this lady says. She's, she and her husband are hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. Like, why would you take advice from this woman? She's clearly a fraud. You know And I'm like? First of all, his business got nothing to do with me. First of all, so <laughs> also, who do you think's helping him live while he does this? Um, but it's kind of similar to you, right? We sat down, we ran the numbers. Stay at your job now, get 5% raises a year, put your money into retirement. What would you have at 60, 65? Or pull yourself out of your career for 10 years and borrow a half million dollars to put all this information in your head. And what would your income be when you got out? And it time after time, we ran the lowest paying specialties, mid, high, time after time, going to med school went out. Absolutely. And, and what's, what's interesting about what you're saying, first of all, we all have trolls in this industry, right? We all, <laughs> oh, yeah. we all got people who are like, don't listen to them. They don't know what they're talking about. But I always like, I, I got a couple comments on what you said. Number one, I always like to ask people, who do you want to learn from? We are people that are in the trend. Like there's people that figured it out 30 years ago, but we don't live in that time. We are people going through it right now, figuring it out. You know what I'm saying? Like I got, for example, I think about Warren Buffett. I got respect for Warren Buffett, but what I'm saying is the era that Warren Buffett came up in investing with value investing and dividends and all that, it's a totally different game today with technical analysis, machine learning, day trading, high-speed traders, etc. And so I would argue not that Warren Buffett doesn't know his stuff. I'm just saying to learn today's version of it, you want to learn from somebody that's in the trenches learning what is hot and what is happening right now. And so to that lady who's saying like, like you're living most people's either dream or nightmare. They got the nightmare of how I'm going to pay back student loans. I mean, you're like, I'm, ch I'm charting the course right now, right? My husband in there, we ran the numbers, we doing this, I'm building a site, I'm handling our money this way. And so to me, you're more of an authority when you're in it, going through it. Then 20 years from now, you're like, well, back then when, and people are like, well, that ain't what's happening now. Like right now you're doing it in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of layoffs, et cetera. And so 
to me, that's more powerful. The second thing that's important about what you said that most people don't do is you said you ran the numbers. We ran the numbers. Most people, unfortunately, make most of their decisions off emotions. (laughs) They do. They, it's like, how much does that cost? It's like, that's the wrong question. That's the wrong question. You should be asking, what's my rate of return, right? What's the return on the investment? What's the ROI? I did a podcast about that. I don't go into stuff anymore asking how much does it cost? I go and say, how much am I expected to make if I get that information? And that's a totally different mindset. We run the numbers, right? And so when you run the numbers, it's easy to say, come on out. Let's take on these student loan debt. Let's go to school. When you come out as a physician, let's not increase our living. Now let's take that money. It took us 10 years to borrow it. But if you come on making $300,000, it could take you two, three years to pay it back, yeah. right? All in 13 years, boom. Plus you still got the money that you're bringing in as a financial educator and a blogger. Yeah. It's a wrap. You're number 14. You'd be living like nobody else. While the person who chose the traditional route can work 40 years and still won't catch you and I, right? Like we took five years and we suffered like five to 10 years and suffered like nobody else. So yes. we could live the rest like nobody else. Most people will never suffer for five to 10 years, but they'll also never live how we live for the next yep. 40, 50, 60 years. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it goes back to the idea of that instant gratification. I mean, even right now, earning what I earn. I'm still in a 1100 square foot house. I still try and put my makeup on while my kids go to the bathroom, sharing a bathroom with them. (laughs) Both cars have over a hundred thousand miles on it and it's fine. Like I know what's coming and I have the patience and the discipline to wait. And I knew that if I was spending all the money I had right now, I'd sure look cute and the pickup line at school. But (laughs) That doesn't matter to me. Like what is coming matters more. And I have the discipline to see that. And I really try to encourage people to think about that every day. Like it's fine. Like I don't need the gigantic house. I don't even know if I want that. I can barely keep this one clean, you know? <laughs> right. But it's, it's about the contentment and about the fun in life being being curious and learning new things. Like I get such joy out of my work. I don't really get joy out of, you know, having a nicer car or something. It's not my thing. I'm sure my husband would like nicer car, but he'll get there. <laughs> But, you know, I, I get so it, this is so much fun for me and it's challenging and the ups and the downs weekly <laughs> with everything. I don't know. I get more joy out of it. So I, I try to encourage people just just chill, just be patient, just one day at a time, you know, put in put in the time. Absolutely. And when I think about as far as like, well, you know, you know, we, we got a <laughs> we got a mini mansion over here. <laughs> I know, but no, this is this is recent though for you. I mean, pretty recent. It is years. recent, right? So we bought this house yeah. two years ago. Um, but but here's what I say about you know fancy things, cars, houses, and stuff like that. What people don't understand is, again, I live in my mother's two bedroom house in like a six hundred foot room in order to be in this position one day. But more importantly. I don't like houses like this. 
I only like them when I can say my investments paid for it, my business paid for it. And I think that's the piece that people don't see, right? They don't see that like, if I was working a job, I probably I would never have bought this house. It would be it would be just stupid to do so. It wouldn't even make sense because you would literally be working for the house. It'd be yeah. working for the gas, electrics, the taxes, etc. But it's different when you're like, okay, how many trades do I have to make? You know what I'm saying? Like now it becomes yeah. a different game because you're like, okay, so if I have a hundred thousand dollars working for me, and that hundred thousand can throw off five thousand a month, it's like we get to stay here for free. (laughs) Yeah. I love those kind of like mind math games. I love that. And yeah, to prove my point, you've only been there two years, but you probably could have bought it a year or two even before that, you know, but you, you waited, you know, kind of like, okay, let me make really, really sure before I do this, that I'm comfortable in what I'm doing. And this is not just like one year of mega success. Look, can I repeat this? And then you kind of build the confidence and you're like, okay, yeah, I can get the house. I can get the cards. <laughs> and you know what? You, you just brought up something that I, I think is important to talk about as entrepreneurs, right? We, we pay taxes quarterly, first of all. So we live in a whole different life from people who pay them yearly. We have to pay quarterly, right? But in my life, and I don't know if you do the same thing, I actually don't make any big purchase I make, I actually make it the following year because I have to wait till all the quarters are in and make sure because because you're only paying estimates, right? Yeah. So we have to make sure at the end, the estimates cover everything we thought. So I actually don't make any big purchases until the following year till I truly know what last year's tax bill was. And we have to have the quarterly estimates for the upcoming year. So like, how did you feel when you went from like getting a refund to like now you paying quarterly? <laughs> oh God. I try to remember the last time I got a refund, man. Like I don't even know. Probably that grad school apartment. That was probably it. So um yeah, it's a lot. And look, I I too have made mistakes with taxes. I I remember just thinking I was so diligent, talking to my accountant all the time, and him being like, All right, we did really good. You only owe twelve thousand dollars. And me being like Wow, cool. Only 12. Okay. But didn't I pay every quarter? You know, he's like, yeah, we got really close. I'm like super close. And this is like kind of right in the beginning of me moving from like, you know, into like the six figure and beyond mode where it's like, oh, I, it's hard to know because you could have a really good quarter. You could end the year with a really, like last year in December, I made three times that month what I made like any other month. It just the way the invoices fell and the projects came. And you have to be prepared for that taxes. So it's a lot of, a lot, it helps me to be disciplined because you really gotta, you can't get too excited and you cannot already spend it in your mind like you're saying. You have to wait, <laughs> like see how bad it is. And then, yeah, that's how it goes. Yeah, it's, it's a different life because... I live a year ahead or a year. I, I live a year ahead and I spend a year behind. I, that's a tweetable. If my team is on here, we, we need that's a tweetable. No, but what, what I mean by that is because a lot of people will say, well, what does it take to go full time? And maybe you could share from, an author, from, from your side what does it take to go full time. But for me, what it took to go full time is I say you need to have a year's worth of living expenses. So if I'm investing I cannot make, I could go a year without making a profit from a trade. 
and my family won't worry about the lights, the mortgage, none of that. So I live a year ahead. But I also spend a year behind because even though we made X last year, we just finished doing all of our taxes and wrapping it up for July 15th. Then we got the tax bill. By the way, by the way, I can say for the first time we got a refund, but it's not how you think. Our refunds is different. You overspent. I've been over. I've been overpaying (laughs) quarterly just because I knew our revenues were increasing. So I increased how much we were paying, and we actually spent more money on marketing and some other stuff we were able to write off. And it's like, oh, we got a refund finally, but it's not really a refund. We've been over. Yeah, no, you just you spent too much. You overpaid. (laughs) Right, Uh, but the point is. Now that we got that bill and we settled for last year and I've already paid Q1 and Q2 taxes this year, now I'm like, okay, here's what we can spend or buy um, or whatever the case may be. So when it comes to going going full time, you literally need that type of discipline, the type of people who like, I don't know where the money goes or I just can't help myself. I just had to buy a purse. I'm like, and you trying to be an entrepreneur or an investor? You trying to walk away from your job? Right. You need somebody giving you half every two weeks. <laughs> if that's yeah. the problem you got. The discipline required is extreme because once you get, you know, a good five, six, seven years into your business, like you might have a month where you're like, I could just go buy a car this month. Oh, my gosh. Like how? But you don't know what's going to happen the next month or the next month or the next month. So if you have like a I could buy a car month, you got to really have the discipline to say, all right, now I've got some like running room, right? Some, some runway is what I call it. And it took me a long time to get to a point where I could pay myself the exact same every month. Like I had to build enough of business reserves to say, okay, like here's my salary. Because for a while it was like, Ooh, last month was, eh, so I'm going to pay myself less. And that means we have to do less, but next month is great. So it took me so long, years to get to a point where there was enough of a buildup. But once I got to that point, it became really nice. Then you can budget, then you can plan your expenses. Then you you can look at your bank account and say, all right, I've got nine, 10 months where if I if something happened to me or whatever, I could go 10 months, <laughs> figure something else out. Um, but it takes time. For me, I went full time when for six months straight, my business made more than my day job. Um, I, I kind of, I remember the first month it happened, I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I made, and it was, it was like nothing crazy. It was like, at that point I was like teaching and I was like, I made $3,200 my business and $3,000 teaching. And I was like, ah, like, this is the most money I've ever had ever. And, uh, but then, you know, it just kind of kept going. And so I felt like, all right, that's was steady enough. I did not save enough. I think I only saved maybe like 10 grand and I was pregnant with my twins. And so I, it was like January, 2014. I was like, I'm pregnant. I'm about to have these babies. I've had six months where it's earned more and it's a good time to stop and I'm just going to go for it. And yeah. And then I had my twins in March of that year. Right. Of that year. Right. <laughs> I didn't earn that much that year, the first year out. But um, but that's you kind of have to have a pattern that you can trust yourself and trust what you're doing is right. You can't just have this one exciting month or this one exciting 
sale or this one exciting trade, one exciting course launch and think that you're going to be able to replicate that. Absolutely. And one of the one of the things for me, what had to happen when I went full time, similar to you, I also wanted my investments and my business making a certain amount consistently. Consistently. Um, but the w- one thing that for me, it, it, depending on if people follow me, you know, I've been interviewed on different podcasts, but most people may have known the story. Like my business, separate from my investments, my business was doing mm-hmm. half a million dollars. And I was still working at yep. Comcast. I worked at Comcast. And my bi- I'm coming to work every day, and my business on the side is doing half a million dollars, right? Plus, I still have my investments. I don't, yep. You know, depending on what circle you follow, I mean, most people don't know that story. But my point was very conservative approach to the. Some people be like, soon as I make exactly what I made <laughs> at my job, I'm out. And I was like, no. I need the three, four exit because there's taxes. You're trying yep. to do your own health insurance, right? Yep. Then you need to be putting money away to make sure you never go back. Like I know what it feels like to leave corporate and go yep. back. And I'm telling you, that's a humbling experience. And so when I said, when I leave again, I'm never coming back. Side note, I did leave again, <laughs> lost some money, had to go back. But the third time, we're not even going to do that. <laughs> I, you kind of brought up a memory for me that I had kind of forgotten that I think my twins were maybe two or three and like all in the same month. So at that point, I'd been making most of my money from freelance writing and like three clients in a row were like, oh, I just got bought out and we're not hiring freelancers anymore and we're going to do this. And it was like three in a row and it was like half my income like died. And I um, went and looked for jobs. And I got a babysitter and like went to downtown Detroit and interviewed for a job and like, you know, wore a suit, did the whole thing. But the drive, I even took an Uber so I didn't have to park in downtown Detroit and like not know where I was going. The drive was so long. And then someone else was watching my kids. And then I drove back and I was like, I, I have got, I cannot do this every day. Right. And I, I have got to figure it out. And just that experience of going to the interview and coming back, I just like doubled down and went crazy and then picked it back up, you know, in another month or two and like solved it. So I've definitely had the, the moment of like, clearly this isn't working and it's just too disruptive and it's, you know, I can't plan anything. And like my, my life's at the whim of these people, these clients and, um, but you know, you figure it out. And I, so yeah. You're strong now. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, no one could ever like tolerate me. I'd be like, so we can work from home, right? I, I got to go do this thing, right? I got to go work out, right? I, I just could never do it now. I'm too spoiled. Oh, man. It's, you couldn't pay me to go to a traditional work setting. It's, it's tough. It's tough now. By the way, I just turned up my audio. A couple of people said my audio was low. So let me know if the audio is good. While you're letting me know, I'm going to put our websites up here. Um, that way, if you haven't you know, I already put our Instagram handles up, but that's Kat Alfred's website. Obviously, you guys know I'm over at the brownreport.com, but those are both up on the screen right now. And we're just checking to make sure the audio is good. I know there's like a couple second delay, so it'll probably take a minute for people to respond. Um, but Kat, your website's up there. Matter of fact, let's bring in, I'll bring in the Instagram handle in a second. So, 
Let's talk about, and, and then maybe we'll open it up to some questions from everybody that's on the live stream. Uh, so let me know. So being in the financial education space, awesome. TV boy said the uh, audio is better. I see a couple of PTU members in the house. <laughs> it's nice. So, so Kat, being in the financial in in the financial industry like we are, what's like? What's something that you see from like? What's one of the toughest parts about talking money all the time and being the financial? Uh, financial person or personality? And then what's like one of the most rewarding parts about being in this industry? I think the hardest part are maybe the assumptions that people make about you and um, maybe how uncomfortable it makes people who are close to you, like friends or family. Like I have a lot of people being like, I know this is like a new bag, but like I, it was a gift and I'm like, I don't care what kind of bag you buy. You don't have to explain it to me. Like, it's fine. You do you. Um, or people who like might say, oh, you worship money and all you care about is making money. Uh, it's really like the way that you and I think is still like it's we are way in the minority. Um, just the way that we think about money and what we believe it can do and how we believe right? The more money you make, the more good you can do in the world. And it's like not an evil and bad thing. All that stuff is like way in the minority, the way that we think about it. So that's kind of hard day to day. But the most rewarding part, obviously, is is emails that I get from people, you know, I paid off a credit card because of you. Like you've, I've watched you for two years. And I've always wanted to start my own business. And I finally started it. And, and just, I love helping people make a big change because I really think the fastest way to solve any money situation is making more, not spending less. And I always just try to like teach people, like you have so much potential that you don't realize. There are so many hours in the day that you might not be utilizing that you could do something really cool and leave a legacy for your family for many generations. And so I love hearing back from people because, you know, you say the same things over and over again. You're like, is anyone listening? Is anyone going to do something? And then you you get in, you're like, yes, I'm so excited for you. So that's, it makes up for any, any awkward day to day interactions. Similar, like people don't talk to me about the purse that they bought, but on the opposite side, I have those family members like, you know, I'm going to get in the stock market every time they see me, you know, I'm I'm getting started. And it's almost like, I didn't even say anything. Like, what? they just see me and they like, feel like they have to say like, you know, I'm getting in this month. Right. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Like You do you. Right. Like we really don't, we really don't walk around talking finance like no. all day. And it's, people and, don't like it. Yeah. And honestly, <laughs> with our friends, it. sometimes it's like, it's good to have a day off because I'm like, yeah. I don't feel like talking with you about money and you not go do it anyway. <laughs> you know? I also feel like people assume that like I'm perfect with money. And so I try to all the time talk about, I made this dumb mistake and I did this and there was this time and I got out of this credit card debt and that. And I try to share it. It's like, I share it all the time, but people still assume that I've never made a money mistake, even though I'm really trying to be like, guys, like, like you said, we're in it right now. You know, we're in the trenches. Paying Ab- off absolutely. Debt, and you, know? and you, you bring up a good point about making money mistakes, because 
as an investor, you know, maybe if anyone's on here from your community, when people see the trades I post, like I made a hundred thousand or I think yeah. the last one I posted, we made two hundred and twenty five thousand in two weeks. But I showed the whole statement. When you look at the whole statement, there's a couple of times in that I lost fifty thousand, twenty thousand or something like that. I lost like fifty and then twenty in order to get to that state where I had made the 220, right? And so to your point, people, you it's good for people to know we're not perfect or like Jason doesn't lose money ever. No, 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 I lose all money. Yeah. I lose money all the time, right? But when I, my losses are smaller uh, than my wins and that's ideally the game at the end of the day, but I think it's so, so, so true is that we're not perfect. And I love not being perfect because it makes me qualified to teach. When people be like, what makes you qualified to teach about uh, the stock market? Or if I live at home with my mom, what makes you qualified to say you can do this? Like, because I went through that. Yeah. What makes you qualified to say, here's how you get out of uh, $100,000 in debt and owing the federal government 50 I had a tax lien, by the way. I had a tax lien, so my credit was hit. And now my credit score is over 800. But it's like, I can stand here and tell you it's not the end of the world or give me five years, we can get you here because I went through it. It's not something I read in the book. It's not, I mo- it's, it, the reason I can get on camera and say, you really want to get involved with the stock market? You really want to cut your debt? Move back home with your mom. People be like, well, you don't know my mama. You, no, you don't know my mama. And you don't know where we live. We was on seven mile in Detroit, between yep. seven and eight mile, the hood. Yep. Okay. Bars on our window. I should post a picture. I had to park. This is a funny story. By the way, we didn't even have we don't even have a driveway in the hood in, in my house because we didn't have a garage, none of that. It's, I mean, these are literally like community houses. But I had to park my car when I moved back home. I had to park, I had to drive on the grass and park my car in between our house and the neighbor's house because I was scared somebody would steal my rims for parking on the street because that's what they do. And <laughs> they steal rims or they break the window and steal the cars. And, and so I'm saying all that to say, like, going through it allows us to be qualified to tell you, like, if you really want this bad enough, there's things that you can do. And I can tell you to do it. And I can also tell you that it ain't that bad. You'll get over it. And it won't be that long before you get back to the other side. Like you can tell someone you can live off $12,000. Why? Because I did it. You did it. And that's a so lot of powerful. progress in just a few years. And for those, for people who are not familiar with Detroit, like my husband has like, like one rule, like don't go to any of the single digit miles. Right. So we <laughs> Don't go beneath 10 mile because it's not, it won't be a good situation. So Jason's like, I literally grew up on seven mile and I'm like, my husband told me never to go there. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, so it's just an amazing, amazing transformation. Um, but it, it takes time. It, it definitely takes time. You know, one of the, one of the toughest things about being a financial educator for me, I don't know if it's that tough anymore, but like, no matter what you do, you will always get someone who's like, like I could show a trade and then someone will be like, show me your tax returns. I could show my tax returns. They'll be like, well, show me the last five years. Yeah. And so like, I've gotten to this point where it's like, I don't, I don't do the proof thing with people anymore. I'm yeah. like, I'm living my best life. I'm at home in the middle of the day with my family. Like, 
I'm, you know, whether you believe it or not, I'm going out yeah. in the back and jumping in the lake, right? Whether yeah. you believe it or not, Cat Alford, Dorothea Kelly, these are people we associate with that are in the money game. So like we have nothing to prove to a random stranger, but I think that's probably one of my biggest irritations is yeah. people are so skeptical and they want a lot of stuff for free. And I'm like, we're doing something for free right now on YouTube. Yeah. It's like, they want more. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, don't be so skeptical, man. Like, well, I, and, and don't, I think people are looking for any excuse why it won't work for them. And we're not saying that you have to start a business or be a blogger or be a writer or even be a stock market trader, but pick something that you're interested in and something that you love to do if you're in a spot where you're just kind of sick and tired and you want to earn more and you want to make a change but don't look uh don't look for any reason for it not to work out it, it takes a lot of trial and error and you're seeing both of us like over a decade into the journey so but in the beginning we would have been like don't do that <laughs> i think in the beginning we'd be like i think it's gonna work but i'm not sure you have right? to, like hold on to the winds that came like once every three months you're like wait i saw the thing you know? right it's like i don't know if you want to follow me right now yeah. but check back in about just five years wait. just you wait <laughs> <laughs> and then i think the most rewarding part you know for for me most recently like our members made me cry on the webinar. We might repost it or something, but I mean, we had so many people talking about how much money they had made from different trades and different investments. And I just like, yeah. I just lost it. It's so cool. It's like people change their lives because of the things you taught. It's amazing. Yeah. And I think I lost it too, because like we put so much into this like people don't know how much this camera costs there's two lights right there this there's a microphone out of view that you can't see like people don't understand how much we put into making sure the audio is clean the lights are here i'm actually sweating because the lights are <laughs> right but they don't see that they just see like a good show you know um they don't see you up at night trying to figure out how to build a website how to encrypt the data how to take payments online so you can help people how to build a digital. They don't see you recording and like, man, what's the best way to explain it to people so that they understand and re-recording and rewriting. They don't see all of that. Yeah. But when you put that much love, that much work, that much energy into it, and then people start having success or some type of forward movement, for me, I just lost it. I was like, I'm so happy. Yeah. Well, it's, it's your legacy in play before your eyes. It really is. Yeah. Because sometimes we put all this work into it and we don't know how it's going to turn out. Yeah. Is anybody you know, going to sign up? Sometimes you don't get feedback or you don't know. And, and then, um, you know, you'll get a message and someone's like, you know, I've been following you since you had your twins. And, but this is the first time I've emailed you. And I just want to say, that you made a difference or I did this or I did that. And so there's a lot of people that quietly watching too. Yeah, absolutely. Right. They're kind of like, let me check this girl out. Let me check <laughs> this guy out. <laughs> By the way, let me put the Instagram handles up on there. If you want to follow Kat Alford, you can follow her at Catherine C. Alford. And then I'm obviously at Brown Report on Instagram. So we got about 10 more minutes. Let me see. Should we open it up for questions? Sure. Yeah. 
let's do it. So if you're watching on the live stream, um, I'll read the questions out so that uh, myself and Kat can answer. But if you got any questions about, you know, Kat's expertise is, you know, blogging, being an entrepreneur, financial education from a budgeting standpoint, um, you know, somewhat taxes. We're not tax experts, but we may can answer some questions on that. How to set a budget, how to come from 12,000 to making six figures, how to run numbers and and make decisions for your family. And then obviously I'm in the similar space, but more so geared towards the investments and stocks. So what questions um, do you guys have? So let me see here. We got Nikisha. Let me see if I can pop her up on the screen. I don't know if you'll see this or not. Let me move it to where it's more boom right there. So Nikita said, I appreciate this. If it wasn't for the Brown Report, I would not have considered stocks or want to trade. So we appreciate you, um, Nikisha. So I'm glad to hear that we played a part in it. Kat, I'm going to swing this one over to you and let me know your thoughts. Alicia Lowe says, tax specialist, any tips on getting one? I can share my thoughts, but I'll let you if you want to go first. Or yeah, I can I go first. Your story, everyone's like, oh my gosh. Um, I think that you have to actually get on the phone or in, or in person and you have to interview a lot of different people. And if your warning bells go off or something doesn't feel right, um, then, then it's probably not a good person for you. And I have, uh, my accountant specializes in online entrepreneurs and he is super familiar with like freelancers and, you know, going from an LLC to an S corp and all of these things, um, that online entrepreneurs, uh, have to deal with. So I like working with him and he's super, super honest. And sometimes my husband is like, could we find someone less honest? Like, <laughs> he's kidding, but you know, and I, I really appreciate how, uh, I like someone who's like very conservative, um, when it comes to that. So yeah, I think it just takes some trial and error, right, Jason? I mean, you don't want to, I mean, nothing, none of it is easy and it should like, it's not fun to do your taxes and none of it should just be the super like fun, great, easy thing. Like it should hurt. It shouldn't be like Jason's guy who was like, don't worry about it. Just put that Lexus, just write that off. Whereas yeah. I would ask and be like, are you serious? Like, <laughs> don't you dare try to put a car <laughs> on the detection. <laughs> <laughs> so and that, that's good that's good insight too one of the and your point asks a lot of questions and so i ask so one my, my tax tip would be ask a lot of questions but i think what really helps is being surrounded by other entrepreneurs because we talk or i'm, I'm yeah, surrounded I'm by other entrepreneurs other investors and i'm like hey was, did you did your guy let you write that off and then what code did you put that under okay i go back to my guy like how come we can't use that code right um, so, so that helps a lot. And sometimes we talk in the industry, like, who are you using and what are they doing and how much are they charging you? So that's number one. Number two, I would say you cannot 100% rely on them, even though that they're the expert. I'll give you a prime example. We, we spent, I, I guess we spent about, and this was less than we normally spent. We spent about, we spent like $65,000 in ads or marketing or whatever. Even my company, because it's a team of them that I use now, they sent me the taxes and stuff back. And I'm like, you still got to check them over. I checked them over. They literally forgot somehow. They overlooked 
wow. to put that we spent 65. So that was like literally 65 grand that we weren't able to write off. Yep. That like totally made a difference on whether I owed or whether I got something back. And so even though they're the experts, they're human. And so I'm always paying attention to tax code. Like I heard something when this president got elected. What does that mean for us? Like you, you still yeah. have to be abreast of what's going on and then getting in a circle of other people that are making that kind of money. So y'all can talk amongst each other. Because one thing I think people underestimate is I consider myself rich and I don't mean rich money. I mean, rich with health, rich with my time, rich with good friends uh, like you. So rich doesn't always mean money, but I consider myself a rich person. And what's cool about being around other rich people is we talk. You know, if Kat was like, what camera are you using or what are you doing? Where are you running your ads at or how are you? It's like, I'm not like, well, I don't want to tell you. I'm like, oh, girl, come over. Let's walk through this. I'm going to show you how I do it. Do this. Get this. Right. We talk. And so rich people talk. They like, did you write this off? Hey, you know, that tax code change. And if you're thinking about moving this over into real estate, you should consider it this year. So it's so important to be around other rich people. And I say rich, meaning rich in life, rich with the information that they don't feel like they're scared to share it with you because you're their competition. Um, that's not that's not rich. That's actually poor. But get around other rich people because they like to talk and share. And, and we, if you're the richest and the wealthiest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. You're in the wrong room. And that's no disrespect to your current friends. No. But you got to get some new friends, right? <laughs> I don't even know why Drake said no new friends. You need some new friends. Yeah. <laughs> you need people to make you level up. <laughs> Absolutely. Let me see. Um, Wilfred said, how much do you pay when you day trade? So it's not about paying taxes for day trading. It's more about if it's short term or long term capital gains. And so if it's less than a year, you pay one rate. And if it's over a year, um, you pay another rate. I, I don't know the rate off the top of my I usually would spot it out, but I don't even know it off the top of my head. So I'm just going to have you Google it. Short-term capital gains and uh, long-term capital gains. Oh, I'm going to let Kat take this one. Douglas said, I have a six-month emergency account now. Should I have a year worth? So talk about emergency accounts, especially when the pandemic hit. What's your thoughts yeah. on that? Yeah, I think a six-month emergency fund is really good. Um, usually, the recommendation is three to six months of expenses um, that is just in a separate spot. You're not using it to invest. You're not using it to have fun with. It's just hitting there for a rainy day when a pandemic hits. I think six months is good. I remember like in the heat of the pandemic, because um, we have about five months right now. And I remember in like the heat of the pandemic, me being like, oh my God, I wish I had a year because, ah, this is so crazy. Um, but that's a lot, a year's worth of income is a lot of money to tie up that could be invested. So I think you're, you're good with six months. Like, I, again, always talking about the runways, you know, if something happened, you lost everything, you lost your job, you couldn't do anything. Six months is a good chunk of time to get yourself back on your feet to take care of your expenses. And I would have like a really healthy six month, like not bare bones, not like I could barely buy groceries, like, you know, nice, healthy six months. I think it's good. Absolutely. I, I second that. I'm still, I'm in the year camp, but it's, it's, that's because I had to go back home twice. I ain't going yeah. back again, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I, like I, I, I was kind of like wishing I had the year when all this hit, but I'm like, you know, I can figure it out. 
<laughs> Absolutely. So this is another one for Kat. I think the name is Suze. Says at Cat Alfred, what would you do different with money now that you have this? Now that you have some, as a financial educator, do you trade in the stock market, um, or do you let it ride, invest in whole? Yeah, good question. So yeah, what do I do differently now that I have some? Not much. I don't do that much differently. I'm I'm pretty low key. Um, I, I invest a lot in myself and my business. And uh, my husband always says like, I have more domain names than shoes. Like I'm always, I'm not really like interested in the material things. Like I love buying courses and learning things. And so I really do invest a lot in myself, in my work. Um, like I said, don't really, I mean, I'm, my, my, the uh, house I have now is not much bigger than that apartment I had when I was only making $12,000 a year. Um, I don't trade. Uh, I don't, I'm not a day trader in the stock market. And Jason knows this. I buy index funds. I buy and hold. Um, for me, it's like my brain carries so much information. And so I'm way big on automation. I automate all my bills. For me, I'm like, great. I just buy the index fund. I let it do its thing automatically for me. The more things that I don't have to touch on a day-to-day -day basis um, right now is as busy mom, that's, that's what I like to do. Um, but obviously I have tons of respect for what Jason does and how long it took him to learn what he knows. Also a couple of his trades could pay off my med school loans. So maybe we, <laughs> my husband's med school loans, maybe we should talk more. <laughs> and that's why I loved having you on because yeah. like, we're two people in the same space, but like, like you say, you do index funds. I don't really do index funds, but it's, it's like, it's cool for people to know that there is no wrong way. It's like what way works for you. Yeah. And, and I think you'll find the way that you like, our house isn't that much bigger. Like you are who you are at the core, right? Yeah. So like, you don't just start buying and blowing money once you get it. Like, I still yeah. will like negotiate a good deal, even if I have the money to pay for. <laughs> totally. I'm like, is that the best price you can do? A hundred percent. Yeah. Because why not? If, because any money that you save, you can use to invest and like 30 years down the road, you could be taking your grandkids on a nice trip. I mean, it's worth it to ask. I, I love negotiating too. Like I'm never going to, even if I can afford something super fancy, I, I love the haggle. I love the moment of like negotiating things. So yeah, you are, you are who you are. And um, I'm sure as we go along, we'll get a little bit more space as these kids get bigger. But for right now, it's not much has changed between now and then. That's what's up. We'll take a few more questions. I know we're at the top of the hour, then we'll wrap. Yeah. By the way, if you're not following Kat Alfred um, or myself, you can check out both of our websites below. And then we'll be back next week. We're doing this series, Money Mondays, every Monday. Miss um, Jones said, Jason, after taking a big loss on a trade, what is the mindset you use to continue trading with confidence? Um, and then if Kat has any similar experience, I'd love the feedback. So uh, my mindset after taking a big loss is two things. Number one, you can carry that loss forward and write off $3,000 of the loss every year. So if you lost $30,000, you can write off $3,000 a year for the next 10 years. So what that tells me is as long as I stay in the game, I'm getting this money back one way or another, first of all. Second, though, when I take a, a $30,000 loss or some type of big loss, my mindset is how can I coach someone through a loss if I've never been through a loss? You know what I'm saying? And so... For me, I look at it like, ooh, I'm going to be able to share with someone how I came back from this because I'm going through it. Uh, so that's how I look at losses. I'm like, all right, cool. 
it's going to be a real sweet story when I tell people how I came out of this or how I came back from it. So that's how I, I look at losses. Kat, anything you want to add to that? Yeah. I mean, it's not a loss. It's a lesson, right? So as long as you can still put food on the mm-hmm. table, you know, it's, you learn every time. Again, it'd be super boring if you won all the time every day. So ex- expect the losses, prepare for them. You know, we're not we're not like hinging our whole family's future on this one trade, right? So, you know, be smart about it. Um, but yeah, there's always a lesson in the loss for sure. That's a tweetable. It's not a loss. It's a lesson. Somebody <laughs> send that out on Twitter. <laughs> Um, so cool. I think, matter of fact, I think that's a good one to end on. So Kat, thanks for hanging out with me. Thank you everybody from joining us and checking us out. Make sure you tune in next week, 1 PM money Mondays. We're committed to, uh, talking about money, talking about investment, budgeting, all things finances. So thanks for tuning in. Kat, thanks for hanging out with me. Thanks my friend. I appreciate it. All right. We'll see you guys later. Bye. Thanks for listening to the episode. I also want to let you know about the Money, Markets, and Mindset Facebook group. So if you didn't know, we have a private Facebook group where we do special trainings inside of there. We go live inside the group. We talk about the episodes. We talk about money. We talk about the stock market and all the things. So if you're not familiar with it, visit thebrownreport.com forward slash group. Again, that is thebrownreport.com forward slash group. You can receive your invite to join us inside the Facebook group and be a part of the conversation that's continuing after the podcast episodes. I'll see you in the group. Thanks for listening to the Money, Markets, and Mindset podcast. We hope this episode has been educational and inspirational. To learn more about how to have your money work for you inside the stock market, visit www.thebrownreport.com.